0: Good evening, Patriots. And it's Monday, January 23rd in the year 2023. Over on the East Coast, you've cruised into Tuesday, which is probably good. Mondays are crazy, always. Always get to face this this artificial structure of calendar first day of the week thing that we do. But it's a pattern, and it's one that our lives are structured by, ironically. And it's amazing how these patterns literally create energy cycles, even for us, and spiritual cycles. It's part of the unlearning we're going to have to do as we move forward. Before we begin, make sure that you have taken good care of your home and in your wealth. That's a big one because this is an unstable time. And in this unstable time, we need to be very clear that these people want to do everything they can to restrict your wealth. I wanna
1: play you a quick piece here. Take a listen to this. I'm going to give you one more story that is really disturbing, but I believe to be absolutely true. First of all, the guy who is saying this is um, a pretty credible journalist, Will uh, Salatin. He writes, several weeks ago, I learned that Citibank locks some customers out of their accounts and refuses to release their money even if they show up with ID. This week, Citi sent an email explicitly affirming its rights to do this without cause. He tweeted later, your money is not safe at Citibank. I would say your money is not safe in most banks. Citi in the email says, we reserve the right to close an account at any time and for any reason with or without cause.
0: Yeah, there you go. And that's pretty much the world we're in. So make sure you're also taking good care of your wealth. That was Glenn Beck, by the way. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings in retirement, Diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Bards B A R D S to nine eight nine eight nine eight to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost twenty years' experience converting IRAs and four hundred one ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you protect yourself with gold today by texting Bards B A R D S to the number nine eight nine eight nine eight. With an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five star reviews, secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, Birch Gold. Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. Just texting BARDS to 989898. There's a book called The Fourth Turning. It's by Strauss and Howe and it's a concept of a generational theory on the cycles of what they say were, reflect or define basically Anglo-American society, and they take it back to about 1435. They break it up into basically four cycles, childhood, young adult, midlife, and old age, and what they call generations. Each turning cycle... It's about 20 to 22 years. And with this, the theory is that we're in, according to their theory, we're in what's called the fourth turning. The first one of these is basically what they call the high. And during the high, institutions are strong and individualism is weak. Society is confident about what it wants to go collectively. Though uh, those outside the ma- the majoritarian center often feel stifled by conformity, so this is interesting. They they map this out according to the authors. The most recent first turning in the U.S. was post World War II American high, beginning in 1946 and ending with the assassination of John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963. Interesting, the conformity piece, and it's a lot of the the excitement about mobilization or you know, mobilizing resources in a society, all working towards the common good. And at the same time, there's this pressure to conform. This is a lot of the problems that we face throughout a societal structure is the pressures to conform. And it's it limits what people can hear and understand in their individual quest. And it definitely is separate from an individual sovereignty toward the benefit of the whole. Now in the second turning, they call it as the awakening. And they list this as an era of institutions are attacked in the name of personal and spiritual autonomy. Just when society is reaching its high tide of public progress, people suddenly tire of social discipline and want to recapture a sense of self-awareness, spirituality, and personal authenticity. Young activists look back at the previous high as an era of cultural and spiritual poverty. Strauss and Howe say the U.S.'s most recent awakening was the consciousness revolution, which spanned from the campus and inner city revolts of the mid-60s to the tax revolts of the early 80s. Though I think tax revolts actually had some traction other than just their sort of conscious revolution. These are theories. I'm not saying I endorse it all. But it is an interesting way of looking at the world because in the awakening, we would consider ourselves in a period of awakening, but we'll get to that in a second. What ends up happening is in, you end up with a societal conformity and people then start to lose their sense of being individual, their sense of being able to do what they want. You can look at the push in the 50s to go into suburbia and this push to go into a away from growing your own food or being tied to the land, now going to processed food, and then all of a sudden that wears out. And this interest, pretty much what we're mapping out here is the failure of man's institutions. Because when we overlay this with faith, if we're really going to hold to faith, faith is a constant throughout this. But the cycles of living and the way society works ends up being a rotational space like they call the turning. Now, the third level of this is called an unraveling. And this is the mood of this era, they say, is in many ways the opposite of a high. So the high was when people were really good with the society and they're encouraged and they're all working together towards a common good, making America great in, the, in another sense. But the unraveling, the mood in this era, they say, is in many ways opposite of a high. Institutions are weak and dist- distrusted with while individualism is strong and flourishing the authors say highs come after crises when society wants to coalesce and build and avoid the death and destruction of previous crisis. Unravelings come after awakenings when society wants to atomize and enjoy. They say the most recent unraveling in the U.S. began in the 80s and includes the long boom and the culture war. Now the fourth turning, which is what we're in now, according to these folks, is the crisis in this is the era of destruction after involving war and revolution in which institutional life is destroyed and rebuilt in response to perceived threats to the national nation's survival. After the crisis, civic authority revives cultural expression redirects towards community purposes and people begin to locate themselves as members of a larger group. The authors say that the previous fourth turning in the U.S. began with the Wall Street crash of 1929 and climaxed with the end of World War II. The G.I. generation, which they call a hero archetype, which was someone born in 1901 to 1924, began an age during this era. They say their confidence, optimism, and collective outlook epitomized the mood of that era. And the authors asserted that the millennial generation, which they also describe as a hero archetype born in 82 to 90, 2004, I would really refute that, shows many similar traits to those of the GI youth, which they describe as including rising civic engagement, improving behavior, and a collective confidence. What you are hearing here is somebody who believes believes in collectivism. And what we're witnessing actually is the destruction of the fourth turning concept, in my opinion. The fourth turning in, the, in its red, rigid form has identified one of its archetype heroes actually as the millennial generation. Millennial generation were one of the most conforming generations to this vax and they're dying like flies on a hot day inside of a hot house. They're dropping, they're dying, or they're becoming disabled. And so much of that is because their collectivist optimism Towards a digital world has left them with a very deeply scarred perspective on how the world actually works. It reminds me of a quote from Ernest Hemingway. And this was how the question in his character was, How did you go how did you go bankrupt? His character Bill asked. And the response from the other character named Mike says two ways, gradually and then suddenly. It's just a great insight into kind of what's happened to a number of this, these groups of people in our country right now, because this is literally how things have fallen apart. We are really faced right now with a significant challenge, and it's a challenge that's really driven by the fact that the technological advancement of our world has led to people leading meaningless lives and working worthless jobs, meaningless jobs. They're just space fillers is all they are. So there's a certain sense of excitement that's coming right now with the rise of artificial intelligence. People are finding a new gadget to play with, and it's giving them a temporary satiation of purpose or at least a teasing of newness and freshness in these empty spaces of their job. There's a fantastic meme that was put out on this a little earlier. And it shows a picture. It starts with a picture of humanity research. It says humanity research is AI, and it's two guys working on a board, a whiteboard. And then the next frame is humanity perfects AI, And it looks very much like, if you've seen pictures of a quantum computer, it looks very much like this. And then it says, AI perfects itself. And it shows AI blasting things with a bolt of lightning and fire. And then it says, AI enslaves humanity, as it shows the humans building the pyramids. And then there it says, solar flare disables AI. And then it showed, the last frame is these people bowing down before this rock with a sun carved on it. And it says, humanity worships the sun God. Sadly, that's kind of where we are right now. And it's the shallowness and the eagerness of people to embrace something because they've lost their way in purpose. God didn't put us here to be purposeless. And we've talked so much about this in terms of the corruption of the church and the pulpit that contribute to this, this idea that, you know, we become reborn in Christ and then suddenly like, okay, what's your purpose? And it's essentially waters down for many just to endure this time. And then I, they'll be in heaven and restored with their family and walking on gold streets and having spaghetti parties or whatever else they do, which is a complete fantasy and fiction. It's not in Scripture. We're not supposed to be purposeless in this world. But this world has been strategically designed to make us purposeless if we so choose. And powerless as well. And that's a lot of the challenges we currently face. There's currently, as you have probably heard, there is a few weeks ago, three weeks, four weeks ago, something like that and i talked about it here on the channel we discussed the release of open ai's gpt chat gpt and i said at the time it's the entire situation of the war that we're in changed at that moment in time because chat gpt is an open source ai that is now being used by millions of people its growth is phenomenal and it's only just the beginning you have Coming behind it is another version of that called Anthropic AI. Well, it's actually by Anthropic AI. That's the company. And the name of of this new program is called Claude or Cloud, probably Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E. That's coming very soon. And that's just another resource to build out written material, write responses for a letter, write reports for your school, in other words, it's taking over the basic functions of the cognitive aspects that people should be doing. And what that's also leading to is a higher development of the lizard mind, the reptilian mind, which is a primitive way of being in the, in the humanities existence. Is particularly prevalent with children because we're at a point right now when the development of children in mainstream schools and educations is debasing and intended to be debasing so that they... Grow up being very reactive, very re- emotional, and not cognitive or critical thinkers. Another one that's soon to arrive is coming from Google, called, and it's from their Deep Mind program, which is their advanced AI program called Sparrow. And Sparrow is, these are things that are going to replace all your search engines. So you'll no longer type things in, you'll speak to it. That's where Sparrow is going, and it'll accept common language. So you would say, for example, uh, Sparrow, I'm looking, it's very much like your, your, uh, house assistance, but at a whole new level. Sparrow, I'd like you to assist me with the development of a design for a new oil pan for my Jeep. And my Jeep is a 2010 and, and here's what my details are, of my engine, et cetera, et cetera. And it will literally come up with everything you need with the references and a design And it'll do it all for you. There's no more working or thinking. You just have to speak words. All of this is stripping humanity away from who we are. Very soon on the heels of that is coming as well from DeepMind text to video. So you're going to be able to speak text and create a video out of it or type text and create a video. So your creativity of animating or doing actual video stuff will be stripped away because AIs will do it for you. And then there's another version called Stability AI, which is in the works. Stability AI is another one of these. It's open, All these are open source, by the way. And it's going to be doing a lot of all the above and more. So the evolution of this is moving great, very quickly. And part of the evolution of this is that people are willfully contributing to AIs because they want to try them out, experiment with them, or even worse, they're thinking that they're going to be able to keep ahead of this curve and make, keep themselves relevant. And there's a lot of this pitch going on in the web right now. People are talking about making money um, and an opportune time to make money. This is when you can profit a lot. You'll be the early adopters and make lots of money and become the new elite class. This is going on. You're going to be able to take advantage of The new type of digital currencies and people are putting a lot of wagers on XRP as one of the new digital formats. All of this is gaming at the end of the day. And we think about all the busyness that's going on here. None of it is actually tangible or productive. When you sit down and write, I don't know how many people do this. I do. I know a lot of people journal, which is fantastic. I'm really compliments to you if you do. But you sit, physically sit down with a pen and a paper or a pencil and paper, whatever your preference is, and you take time to write, hopefully cursive because it's a losing art form at these days. But either way, I mean, I, I, I learned to, to print in graphic style for drafting. And then I also, I was thinking about this the other day, because in high school I learned to draft with pencil and paper and creating all of your schematic drawings, I did this for a couple of years, where you can create your schematic drawings by hand, not by computer or CAD, but by hand. It's taught, but it's almost a lost art these days. And a lot of the art form that was there is lost. You can resurrect it, but it's, it's, it takes quite a bit of work, and you're going to be a lot on your own because the skills are just not there now. What was common becomes very uncommon. And this is a lot of the challenge that we all have to confront is what is it that we're trying to do in this life? Because in this intention of their life, which is this, when I'm going to use this term, you're going to hear me use it quite a bit, but I want to be very clear how I'm going to use it. I've used this term bifurcation and it does have a very specific application within the esoteric place, the new agers, the Christ consciousness folks. And it's, there's, a, there's a concept of an actual splitting of the earth when you talk about bifurcation. I, I'm not going to get into that space. I think that there's a lot of reality shifts going on right now. I think that there's overlays of quantum realities, and I'm not going to get into that rabbit hole right now either. But in the sense of bifurcation, I, in a very fundamental sense, we have essentially two worlds before us, and there's still a lot of gray space in between the two, but these Two worlds are defined, I think, really well by a sign that was put up by some folks on a downtown mall, and they were just holding it, and it it reads this. If you've ever wondered whether you would have complied during 1930s Germany, now you know. I love that poster. I think it's fantastic because you really understand now where you stand. You understand what you would have been even in the worst of those times and if you haven't complied with the vax you've really endured a lot but this has created an enormous bifurcation in our culture now we're trying to build unity and i believe that the majority of people that refuse to take the vax are very gracious and we're very and we're extending a, a loving heart and a gracious heart and a forgiving heart but there's a, there's a fundamental fact that you cannot erase. And the fundamental fact is that we made a decision to step away from the pressures of man and walk with the trust of God. And in so doing, that changed us. In this one, one piece here in Ephesians 5, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That is literally defining the walk that we've been in. So as much as we will work to, as we are willing, and I would say most are willing to bridge difference and stand together in this fight against tyranny, there is a still a distinguishing factor between those that stood and those that didn't. I read this in the previous hour, but this is still a fantastic quote. In the beginning of change, the patriot is a scarce and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. We understood the cost and we endured the cost. I'm not pedestalizing us. These are, just, these are just simple facts. It's not that we we're trying to win, but it's, dif- it's distinguished us and it's given us a different experience. And a powerful one. So the world is bifurcating. And and so there's kind of what we have right now is this one group, the unvaxxed, the ones that stood and endured the time that have come closer and closer together. And majority of those people have stood and found their way to God because it's one of the most important components of enduring this wrath that was coming at us. And it's a blessing. You have another side of people that are still very much dealing deep in the matrix. They believe in this. You could give them a hundred shots and they would be happy. And that's driven, in my opinion, a lot of that is driven by what has become an inculcated and metastasized fear within their body that has become a new state of normal. And lacking a relationship in God, which many of them lack, majority of them lack. And even those that say that they have a relationship, they have been, it's, very, it's a very weak relationship in God. They still live a great deal in fear. That fear has become the new normal for them. And the way to alleviate that fear is to accept the shot. And that's how they live. That type of perspective on the world is distinctly different than the world we have. So effectively, we're looking at two realities. And if we take the human just the physiology of the human being, and we can measure this. If you stand in prayer, comfortable and strong in that place that you are, living in the moment increasingly in the breath of God, because literally Yahweh is breath, and we're breathing in and breathing out with him, we're finding that our literal, our frequency and our vibration, which are measurable items within the physiology, and our energies are changing. They are lifting to a higher level of Frequency, vibration, and energy. Measurable. These aren't this isn't some sort of esoteric theory. If you go to those that live in fear, I don't care what your mode is, your energy levels are lower, your vibration is lower, and your energy is lower. And that's can be documented even in the outcomes of that, which is higher instances of health problems, cancers. Neurotic problems, that's even outside of the injection and what it's doing to people. So you compound those things that I just listed with the injection that's already causing health problems, and now you see an accelerant, literally like putting gas on fire. So those are your two primary splits. That's your bifurcation. In the middle sits a whole group of people right now that are kind of meandering. They've got a little bit of foot in one camp, a little bit of foot in the other. Some are have more feet in the I'm empathetic with the VAX folks, though I'm a little questioning of what the world is going to. The other side is I, something like I took a VAX, I will never take another one, but I'm over here now against the VAX. But they all, at one point or another, they've, they've put their foot, tried to put their foot probably in both sides of that. That's that middle ground. And that's starting to shake out. As we move forward with this, those people are making a decision where they want to be. And as they do, they'll take their position accordingly. And we will end up with very little in the middle. Because the middle is, in one way or another, you will end up making a choice in the middle. So we end up with two f- pathways for humanity, which is effectively the bifurcation. And it's a real question then of where will people rest and have where will they migrate and where will they settle i guess i should say the group that has going to have this the strong and resilient and i would almost call it a pure earth sense of relationship in christ are those that endured the hardship of being ostracized and cast out and that gives us a challenge as I see it. And the challenge ultimately is, are we going to walk humbly or are we going to walk arrogantly? Because it's very easy to get a chip on your shoulder. I had, I was in a pretty good rant mode in the previous hour. I don't mind saying it because I, I'm I'm a little exhausted by this constant tagging of the anti-vaxxers. All we have always done is pursued truth and faith. And that's led us to an appropriate conclusion that others are now having to admit, but they're not willing to go far enough to also admit that they were not just wrong, but they influenced other people to do the wrong thing. And that's unfortunate. There's a lot of casualty in this process. And there are people that are very weak. By nature, they just don't know how to stand up on their own and they don't have strong souls and spirits to be able to endure a sort of attack that came at them. I do have empathy, so just be clear. And this is going to have to lead to a lot of very open and candid discussions. But this is where we have a real challenge, and I'm speaking to Bart's Nation as a whole tonight, because for the major- for the most part, Bart's Nation did not take the injection. There are many that have come over that have taken one or two or have awakened somewhere along the process. And I'm just I'm going to be blunt. That's a wonderful thing and we're happy to have everybody here in Bars Nation that's here. We're a collective of, a, of really the, the beautiful collage that God creates. Everything is full range of who we are. And in Bars Nation we're happy to, and willing, I I would say, to pray for anyone that has endured that place of vax that has come over now and say, look, I made a mistake. But see, that's the key piece is it's the humility for someone to admit that they made a mistake and to go further, to repent and take responsibility for anybody they may have influenced to take the shot. That's where the strength grows, And really, that's where the core of healing comes from. And so that sort of family that we've created within Bard's Nation, which is impressive, and I see it every day in just very many different forms, it's a real challenge for us now to have to face the bigger world and to be humble with the decisions we've made. And I'm throwing this out here as a, as a cautionary to the wind, not in any person, I'm including myself and this this flag raising of caution because it's very easy to get into the trap of I'm better than you we're better than me. What we do have and our benefit is I would hope that at this point in time, at least that most have endured the need necessity to humble ourselves before God to get through these periods that we're in. That gives us a blessing that we can share with others. And humbling ourselves before God keeps us in check and reminds us of our real purpose here. We're not out here to make enemies or divide, but I am always going to be one that insists that we must push for accountability and truth to be able to heal. I don't I don't buy the sidestepping of truth or Trying to cast the ideas like we talked about in the previous hour—that one group wins over the other. There's no winning when people are dying. It's like you know, it's like saying, "Well, yeah, the war is won, but you know, thousands died in the process." There's really no winning in a war. In that part of it, where you win is when you overcome the concept of the conflict. You unite, and then strive to become greater than you were. Colossians three, twenty three to twenty four. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Important words right now for all of us. Because we are facing a very critical time when so many are awakening. And with this comes this typical kind of newbie eyes-opened moment, suddenly these great profound revelations or excitement of things they've discovered. Um, I snicker because I came across this the other day and its I really had to bite my tongue because the sort of things that are being revealed, it's kind of like, oh, you know, that's amazing. You know, it's like we only did that like eight years ago, but that's okay. But nonetheless, I mean, this is where we have to have some humility to all of this. and And at the same time, work towards a place where there is an acceptance on their behalf in the true sense of accountability. We can't whitewash it. And I'm hoping that just as I model things myself, and I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm hoping that on this channel and as we modify, model things, that that message is coming through, that we have to be able to speak boldly to one another and cut through the garbage of trying to sidestep full accountability. This has caused enormous damage in humanity. And where we grow the greatest is where we accept accountability the most. It sucks to be, hum- to be having to eat crow and put yourself before somebody and say, I'm sorry. Or admit that you're wrong. But that's how we're going to have to be now. And we're not all right either. Okay, but in this particular walk, in terms of the vax, we've been much more right than we have been wrong. And that leads us to reflecting back on some of the things that we've had to say or do to try to shake people. And you're going to hear be reminded, as I am, from time to time, of, well, you said this or that. Yes, I did and if i feel it's truly wrong i will own it but there's not there the principle was what's the intent and the intent from our heart was not hatred and it wasn't trying to argue that all government was to be distrusted and all corporations to were be to, to dis, be distrusted nor was it to argue that all vaxes were bad i happened to be a person when i went was young i took the injections I survived, thank goodness. When I was in the military, I took injections. But see, this was like 1983, 1984. This is before a lot of the problems. And I've been very fortunate to have a very healthy body and not be damaged by the injections that were given. We trusted in those. What we have learned, all of us collectively, as we have walked this path of questioning this specific bioweapon that we are now realizing it was a bioweapon is that we realize now as we've dug into this more and more and forced ourselves to seek truth, just how bad this has been all along. But one of the big groups that has managed to be, you know, if we want to talk about a group that was right all along and we have to acknowledge it, it was the parents of autistic children. And sadly, They've screamed for help for a lot of years and they much of that has fallen on deaf ears. And that's a very unfortunate space. So with that, there's a yet another group now in this current state that we have to acknowledge. Because they're easily whitewashed over as we talk about, and look, I'm I'm bold. People taking the vax, I've been, you know, it's like, don't be stupid, don't take the vax. Unfortunately, there are some that I won't say they were stupid, misled or coerced and they've suffered some extreme consequences and now they live with that damage. There are people that are regretting that, but it's not just regretting and saying things like Dan Bongino said tonight where, you know, it's this biggest mistake he's made medically and he regrets it every day. There's people that live with the physical consequences of what that vax has done. They're in Their bodies are in constant shakes or they're... They're shedding into these massive, horrific rashes that are leaving their skin bloody and raw, blistering, face peelings, heart issues we know very well, blood clot issues we know very well, gangrene and lack of circulation in, in limbs. I mean, The list is enormous. And this is where I would encourage all of us Again, when I say this, including me, I mean I'm. This is not a. This isn't a talking to people. I'm. I'm putting this out here for everyone to prey on. But it's really. It's really led me in this process of reflection that that group of people, I, mean, I can have an angst with those that are have promoted it and are now trying to, you know, kind of sidestep their responsibility and not really say you're sorry, but kind of say you're sorry or whatever. But we've got some damaged people out here. And maybe they did it because they were afraid, meaning take the vax. Maybe they did it because they were coerced. Maybe they did it because they thought it was the right thing to do because they trusted something they shouldn't have. Whatever the motivation, at this point it's irrelevant for those that are injured. What they need is us. They need our prayers. They need our faith. They need our prayers for healing, and they need, wherever we can, hands-on, to pray for Jesus to heal their bodies. And in the process, as we do that, to help them come to a greater relationship in Christ. This is opportunity. And I don't know where that stands with people's lives. And unfortunately, those that have been Just like the autistic families that nobody wanted to hear about. I remember in 2016, we were, and I've told this story in different parts of it, but we did a tour. I'd stood up this group called Kilroy Rising to support President Trump for election. And we did a tour through the Midwest. And we went to a lot of the small towns and little back places. And one of the buddies that was with me was, he and I had first met in Afghanistan and we had not taken this tour before together. And actually neither one of us had done much driving in the United States for a lot of years because we were traveling outside. What we were most moved by overall was the devastation to the small towns and with the lack of industry. But there was something else too. And it's it's still very impressionable upon me. There were two things that stood out the number of people that were physically damaged by something, likely injections and poisons in their food and water and so forth, they were, they had been damaged mentally or physically. And I was stunned at how the concentrations of this were in conservative towns. It's It's stunning to this day, and I don't know how they accomplished it, but they did. And the other was this sort of I will just refer to it more as a psychological damage to people. People that had been, that could get no one to listen to them about the truths that they knew. That included things like people that were consumed with chemtrails and had documented it in detail. And I wasn't a chemtrail guy at that time at all. Matter of fact, I really kind of poo-pooed the whole thing. I listened, but I had a lot of doubts about it. And it included people, especially anti-vaxxers true people that understood the nature of the vaccines that were dealing with the autism of their children and the effects of the damage of the, that these things had done to them. Again, they were a shunned group of people and now their voice, I for me, their voice resonates almost daily to a reminder of how important it is for us to reach out to those that have been harmed by this. There's a lot of Americans right now that need prayers. They need consult. They need comfort. They've made a bad decision. For whatever reason, that's really not ours to judge anymore. We did our best to try to prevent it. They did their best to move forward with their agenda. That's life. But now we're put before us an amazing opportunity from Father God, in my opinion. And it's a chance for us to build the true bridges. Not sit on social media and go, Well, you won and I lost. I don't care about that. I I don't care at all about that. What I care is, can we reach these people? And even if they're just afraid, like Dan Bongino. There's no reason to be afraid. Not now. The mistake was made. It's over and it's done. Let's pray on it. Let's pray together on it. Let's extend our prayers for it. Let's be gracious and let's start healing this nation. We want to bring this nation back. Let's show the mightiness of the Holy Spirit and what it can do to overcome this big pharma. Let's produce the miracles that God has allowed us to do because we have dominion over this land. Let's produce those miracles of healing. Each and every one of us has this within us. And this again is we get into the doctrinal church versus the the the. This, the church of, of, a, of a father that's a supernatural father, I, I will follow that belief system of the supernatural God always. And so I will encourage everybody to try. And if you feel like, well, I've never done it, I can't, don't say that. This is not a time to has to limit God's hand in our lives. This is a time to truly do the great healing in this nation that we have and our position to do greater than anyone else. And so all of this path that we go through, and we will fight, we'll fight for truth. I will stand in the face of anybody and speak the righteous truth, and I'll speak it boldly and fearlessly, but I'll tell you what, I will shed more tears than you can count to try to heal those that don't deserve to suffer. This, at the end of the day, was a wicked attack on people's trust, a ruthless attack on trust, and they leveraged trust to get at people's hearts, and quite literally at people's hearts. And I can put the noose around the the perpetrator's neck and pull the lever and watch his neck snap. It damaged people in this nation, and I can be on my knees and be praying to Father God with tears flowing to ask for their healing. And I will be proud to do just that. So let us build the fires of righteousness for justice and truth, and let us call upon the Holy Spirit to give us the opportunities to pray and to heal those that are injured. That's how we bring this nation back because once the powers of the supernatural God start to appear in this world and they start to see what we would refer to as miracles and we have the collective ability to do that, we're now allowing Jesus to do his job. We're now allowing that true power of God to move through this land and we're watching people literally, whether they have a deep connection or not, they're going to start putting their eyes right on Christ to say, I'm here and tell me what I need to do. And it always begins with the same thing on your knees, pray and repent. But as they say, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But I guarantee they will be drinking from the fountain of the Holy Spirit when they are, they witness the miracles of the Holy Spirit. That's undeniable. And that's where the, of praying on and that's worthy of seeking in every opportunity we have to wield a sword of the spirit that's greater than any evil could ever, any weapon evil can muster because we will truly collapse it with the mightiness of the Holy spirit and through the art and act of loving and healing. Let's pray. Father, Just very humbling reflections tonight, thanks to all that you bring to us. And we're grateful for that. Very intense conversations this evening. Lots of fire of righteousness and equally some deep reflections on the damage and healing that needs to be done in this nation and in this world. Right now, we're just going to pray for all those that are walking in the body of Christ, all of those that are seeking that love in you to have the courage to step into the place to do hands-on healing when every opportunity arises, to trust in you, to pray into the places to heal others and to rid ourselves of any question or doubt that says that we can't or it won't work or I'm not good at it or whatever demeaning garbage is in our head to rid ourselves of this. And to embrace the fact that we are truly children of you, the most high, that you blessed us with the gifts of the most high, the ability to heal, to do greater works than he, as Christ said. And let us embrace that. And let us be courageous and know that every single act that we do, we may not witness a healing, but we know that we are called to pray for people. And so there is never a downside on praying for others. And let us seek out those that are injured, especially from this vax. Let us seek out those that are alone and suffering. Let us give them comfort and love our neighbor as we shall love ourselves. Let us give that healing touch, that prayer for touch. And for those that are alone and suffering, we pray for them that they can hear that prayer that we're extending now for their healing and that we can be presented with the glory and the blessing of encountering them and having the opportunity to pray with them, to pray for them, and to have the opportunity to pray in and with you, Father, for their healing. The sins of this time are not by the choices, at this moment anyway. The choices that were made were made. And we put before you our hearts and I put before you mine to know and you know my heart of how I fought for this for people not to take this. But what is done is done. What we seek now is honesty and accountability all in the body of Christ and healing. Healing not by the medicines, not by the medical institutions but by the Holy Spirit that flows through us that we can now do that healing in this world as children of the Most High bless us Father in this quest present us with these opportunities and we say these things in Christ Jesus name Amen a couple things that um Wanted to read here as we close. One was an interesting comment today that I think it kind of nailed the place that we're at in this awakening. And it's, I think it's dead on. And it says that this was done by a woman on Twitter by the name of Cassandra Kitson. I don't follow them. I just came across this today. And, and this was the word when you're drunk at a party, you can't really tell that others are drunk too, because everyone seems quote normal. But when you're sober at a party, you clearly see the drunks being awake is something like this. And, and I, I think that's really on point that's where we kind of feel at times. I don't know how many people have been designated driver. I, Typically in in my pasts, when I have gone out with a lot of the guys that I really, I got to work with and I trusted and were friends, I would almost always put myself as designated driver. And that statement right there makes so much sense. And uh, it's just something to keep in mind that now we need to struggle through that and awaken the many as we can. It's it's important. Here's another piece I wanted to read. Uh, once your eyes have been opened to the truth, you can never go back. Stop fighting your desire to escape and give in to all it can provide you. Life becomes limitless once you escape. I, I love those words. I think that's so profound. And I think it's on point to where we are. And remember, the people will try to discourage you and harm you and even sabotage you because they're in the matrix, so to speak, and they're going to defend it. But that's where really our humility and our strength on, in that walk with Christ, our footing on the rock of faith, is so important. And the extension of the offering to heal and to love becomes so critical. So just some thoughts as we close tonight to remember that we do have an extremely big role here, a massive role. And I think that role is just beginning. I don't think it's even really started yet. And that role will ultimately lead to bringing so many back to Father no matter where their station is in life, as they face fear, anxieties, and even damage. This is our time to rise and to walk them to the place they need to be to find the greatest comfort and love they could ever imagine. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, and in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
2: Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body